My brothers and sisters in the Lord, last year I had the opportunity to visit Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Emmitsburg is a small town with a great Catholic heritage, but just eight miles north of the, of the town is the historic Gettysburg National Battlefield in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Since the National Park Service has restored much of the land of the battlefield to the way it looked in 1863, the battlefield is not only a sacred memorial to our soldiers and our history, but also an area of wonderful natural beauty. I enjoyed having the opportunity to spend just about a full day at the battlefield. While there, wherever you looked, it was easy to fall into contemplation remembering the American kids, husbands and fathers, shopkeepers and farmers, the cadets and graduates of military schools who fought a decisive three-day battle that ended, believe it or not, 155 years ago. You're familiar with many of the names, Little Round Top, The Wheat Field, Devil's Den, The Peach Orchard, Colpitz Hill, Cemetery Ridge, Pickett's Charge, and Abraham Lincoln's masterful Gettysburg Address. As I walked along the battlefield, I watched the other tourists as they experienced a place and time that can easily be considered the location of one of the most defining moments in American history. My friends, Gettysburg is a place where approximately 51,000 Americans were killed, wounded, or captured. Gettysburg is a place where the flame of liberty never came closer to being forever extinguished. And I wondered, as I watched the other tourists, if we as Americans truly appreciate the freedom we enjoy, if we fully grasp the privilege we have been given to live in a country highly criticized by many today, which, which affords us such a great gift as to live in freedom while enjoying the right of self-governance. The people of the United States, especially in the 19th century, were fond of quoting a line most believed attributed to Thomas Jefferson, the principal author of the Declaration of Independence and our third president. But the line actually has its origin in the Irish politician, John Pilpot Curran, who died in 1817. Curran wrote, and many prominent Americans have quoted, the condition upon which God has given liberty to men is eternal vigilance, which if he breaks that condition, servitude is at once the consequence of his crime and the punishment of his guilt. In other words, my friends, Curran warned mankind that the loss of liberty would be so catastrophic that he considered a lack of vigilance and its consequence a crime and servitude the price he should pay for his guilt. On Wednesday, we as Americans will celebrate Independence Day, a day which affords us a great opportunity to consider the freedom we enjoy today and may so often take for granted. How many men and women have given life and treasure to purchase for us the right to liberty? And reminded by Curran, we must be vigilant, guarding that freedom, or we might very well find ourselves punished for losing that right 
and subjected to dehumanizing servitude. One of the most precious freedoms we enjoy as Americans, my friends, is the freedom of religion. Some might scoff at the notion that we are at risk of losing this freedom, but I want you to pay attention to what many of the politicians are saying today. No longer do we talk about, in the public arena, the freedom of religion. A certain fraction of these so-called public servants never use the phrase freedom of religion, by which we mean the freedom to worship and practice our religion according to our belief, a right guaranteed by the Constitution. Rather, rather, often politicians today speak of freedom of worship, by which they mean keep your religion to yourself. Religion is a private affair. What you do behind the walls of the church is your business, but there's no place for you in the public square where religion is barred. If you don't believe this, my friends, listen to many of the modern politicians and you will hear this subtle change everywhere today. Unfortunately, that is not the only evidence. In the past decade, in the past 10 years, we have seen multiple assaults on religious liberty. The examples are too numerous to detail in this homily, but here are just a few examples. A US Marine was given a dishonorable discharge by a military judge for posting a biblical verse in the workplace, and the activity of military chaplains is constantly being challenged. In 2014, the mayor of Houston, Texas, subpoenaed five Christian pastors demanding they turn over their sermons for her inspection. Religious colleges, which are required by law to be accredited, are facing more and more challenges by accrediting commissions. The Catholic Church and other charitable adoption agencies are being forced to endure continual and costly legal challenges for being loyal to the tenets of our faith and acting accordingly. The entertainment industry, has, with wicked cleverness, produced a constant stream of anti-Catholic and anti-Christian propaganda, as has the print and electronic media. I know a priest who traveled to a city in a western state to celebrate the wedding for his friends. While there, he preached about the sacrament of marriage, the indissolvable bond between one man and one woman. When he returned home, he received a letter from the city council where the wedding was celebrated, condemning him and barring him from returning to their city because he, by their estimation, engaged in hate speech. Catholic hospitals that provide health care to many of the poorest areas of the country are being portrayed as alien and a malignant force and are being sued by the ACLU and others for not performing abortions. Francis Cardinal George, the late Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, saw this developing persecution years ago. In a speech he made in Rome, he warned, and I quote, in this culture, the gospel's call to receive freedom as a gift from God and to live its demands faithfully is regarded as oppressive and the church, which voices those demands publicly, is seen as an enemy of personal freedom and a cause of social violence. The public conversation in the United States is often an exercise in manipulation and always inadequate to the realities of both the country and the world, let alone the mysteries of faith. It fundamentally distorts Catholicism 
and any other institution regarded as foreign to the secular individualistic ethos. Our freedom to preach the gospel is diminished. As they say, my friends, the storm clouds are gathering. But certainly, Independence Day, the 4th of July, is not a day to be worried or filled with anxiety. It is a day to celebrate a country in which we are so privileged to live and the freedom we know so well. All the same, my friends, it is also a time to renew our eternal vigilance before everything we know is taken away from us. Just as Jesus Christ died to give us true freedom, so many of our countrymen have died to give us the liberty that we possess and enjoy and, dare I say, so often take for granted. The disciples, and by our baptism you and I, have received a mandate from the Son of God. And by His authority, nothing will stop us from fulfilling that mandate. As we read Christ's words from Scripture, He says, Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. My friends, we have been commissioned. We have no choice. We pray that we can proclaim Christ in peace, but no one will prevent us from our mandate to proclaim the kingdom of God. And as we celebrate our freedom, I think there is no better way than to close than with a praise of God found in Psalm 98. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing praises to the glory of his name. Proclaim his glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. Let all the earth worship and sing praise to you. Sing praise to your name. My brothers and sisters, we are commanded and we are commissioned by the Lord to always proclaim the good news of the gospel. And as you've heard me say many times, there is no man on earth and there is no devil in hell that will ever stop the proclamation of the gospel. May God bless all of us, my dear friends. And may God bless these United States of America.